well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Alrighty, so hi everyone. Um, today hi. we're going to be talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was a little bit uh, last minute because we are just recording on May the 4th. So, mm-hmm. and we both like Star Wars and we're just going to use it as an excuse to talk about Star Wars for a bit. So, yeah. celebration of Star Wars is 42 years now uh yeah, yeah. 42 yeah because it came out in 1977 the original mm-hmm. yeah it did uh when it wasn't mm. called star wars a new hope and it was just called star wars because right what <laughs> there were more planned <laughs> <laughs> oh um i don't always believe that there were quite as many planned as george lucas says uh yeah. I'm, I'm getting right into the, the controversial stuff right now. <laughs> uh, no, I believe that he had plans for afterwards, but he also did make a movie that, if there wasn't any sequels, because mm-hmm. Star Wars was nothing at the time, that it would make yeah. sense. So I, I, I get it. Well, I and do. that's kind of how they had to back then, especially, mm-hmm, because absolutely. back in the 70s, especially, if you didn't have backing of a studio, there was no way you were going to be able to get your movie out. Like, nowadays, it, even if they had a cult following, you have Kickstarter, you have indiegogo you have all these gofundme things where they could have crowdsourced it if they had to but back then they didn't have those options so he needed to plan for what if everybody hates this movie yeah uh well i mean uh, the only thing he kind of got to keep if i'm remembering this right is he got to keep the merchandising rights which uh, Mm. i think it was actually the power i think it was paramount that produced the first one. I can't remember. Um, you know, I had it pulled uh, up just in case. Yeah. Let me see if it says but on here. I know that it was. Oh no, I think it was Fox. Fox. Oh, this I'm is, double checking. This is bad. I'm losing. Uh, I'm pretty sure my deep, my box set has the Fox logo on it. <laughs> pretty um, sure. You know, it's uh, not in. Yeah. It's not in the first few sentences of the description of the movie. That's um, which is probably fine. Oh, yes, 20th Century Fox. Haha. Yes, it was Fox. Uh, yes, I remember that Fox very specifically gave Lucas the, the merchandising rights because this film was going to be so tiny, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That was a Turned mistake. Out, oh, yeah, that was a real <laughs> big mistake. That was a, a real, real, real big mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, to be fair, they couldn't have known because there'd oh, never no, really been not. an epic space opera before. So... Oh. <clears throat> and there really hasn't been all that many to the same kind of level since then. Mm, that's true. Like, that is true. Back to the like, I mean, there have been big sci-fi films, but to mm-hmm. to what that kind of is like, there's obviously Back to the Future just after it, and that kind of thing. But to actually like be as big, I'm, I'm, I guess since you know we talked about it a little bit, like Avengers maybe with like the uh-uh. precedent it had, but even that's not. Like a space opera. Like, it's just a big sci-fi film. No, that's true. Honestly, the closest one that I can think of that's recent mm. would probably be Guardians of the Galaxy, which, again, oh, goes yeah. back to Avengers and Marvel, but that's the one I can mm. think of that's the closest. Yeah, no, <clears throat> I, I agree with that. That's, you know, that, yeah. A ragtag bunch of people with kind of <clears throat> a <clears throat> overly sure of himself 
cocky smuggler <laughs> type of person um, yeah. leading the way to try and save the world, you know, and the universe and all that stuff. Mm. Even if that's not what they intended <clears throat> at the start. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess there true. are some similar themes there. Yeah. Except similar. I don't really feel I don't really feel like there's a Luke Skywalker character in Guardians. Like everyone's no. kind of in it. Like everyone was kind of their own Han Solo mm-hmm. and it was just a group of Han Solo's <laughs> coming together. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best description of Guardians of the Galaxy ever. It was I well, mean, okay, except Drax. Drax is kind of like he's not really Han Solo. No, but like Rocket is Groot kind of is because of Rocket. Star Lord mm-hmm. and Gamora kind of got that vibe going. Yeah, what, them what, I can hmm, see. What would, what would Drax be then in that comp? Like, would, would Drax just be Chewy? Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, except I even even Chewy was a little more like sarcastic. Mm, yeah, which I mean, if you were, if we we're gonna talk about that, we'd put I'd probably put Groot as Chewy. Yeah. Because again, there's the the whole that's the, true. Only they can yeah. understand them yeah. and but makes funny jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see that. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. who would Drax be? Yeah, I don't know because R two's got some attitude on him. Also, he does. Maybe C three PO. That's where I was going because of the the whole not like, being like understanding the sarcasm and the metaphors yeah, and stuff. Too literal. Uh, yeah, which. Obviously, the very different characters in, in like mm-hmm. the fact that Drax can you know do things and not just complain about them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Valid. I guess that's I guess that's the closest sort of thing you could get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, in recent uh, movies and stuff, that's the closest franchise I can think of where it's kind of space opera e a little yeah. bit. Not yeah, exa- no. not exactly the same, obviously, but oh yeah, no. Like this, there's quite a bit <laughs> different going on in those mm-hmm. in those particular movies, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and then okay, nothing... spoiler alert. But <laughs> in the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there's also the big reveal about who Peter's dad is. That is true, and he turns out gonna... to be not as good as Peter was hoping. Yeah, that's 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 true. I guess Peter could be a Luke. A l- if, little bit. If. If Luke had a very different upbringing, which I suppose mm-hmm. in this in this kind of context he might have been brought up by a Han Solo, yeah. We also, you know, that's true. Like, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. but this 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 is very off topic, which is on this brand is for really us. This is really off topic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but what five minutes in? Are they expecting us to have started talking about the actual show topic yet? I don't, I don't know. So. I mean, it's only a half hour show, so probably. Maybe. We'll, we'll find out. We can get to it. We can get to it. <laughs> so, like I said, we were talking about this, or we decided to do this because mm-hmm. of it being May the 4th. Yes. And for people who don't know why May the 4th is so... It, uh, well, it's not important, but it is called Star Wars Day. Mm-hmm. Is because, uh, obviously, throughout most of the films in in the Star Wars saga, there's the there's the... I was about to say there was this force called the Force, <laughs> and it's about as accurate as I can be. But <laughs> there's an energy feel... in the universe that's called the Force. Thank you. Thank you that yeah. looks much better. <laughs> uh, 
which is what kind of gives Jedi their power to manipulate things Mm -hmm. and also use lightsabers because apparently people who can't use them have real trouble with it, which I can totally buy, by the way, because it's like, it's just, there's got to be no weight to that thing at all. Right. No, well, and not only that, but it's like having a sword that can literally cut Mm. through anything, which means if you mess up, you really mess up. (laughs) So anyway, back on topic again, uh, (laughs) force gives them their power to do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and everyone always says to each other may the force be with you so yes. it became a, a, i don't know where the actual sort of phrase like was coined like, like you, yeah you know i was looking it up actually since we were going to be mm-hmm. doing today's episode and it yeah. looks like there's it's a little all over the place in terms of yeah. a specific source but mm-hmm. basically it became like a a fan saying so it was yeah. started by the fans. It wasn't something Lucasfilms started. It was something that with like social media and just the fans having that cult following of the movie oh, that's yeah. so gung ho. Mm-hmm. At some point, people started saying it, and it became a thing, and it spread. And then eventually, like Lucasfilms acknowledged it. And then later, when Disney bought Star Wars, Disney also declared that May Fourth is official Star Wars Day. Within yeah, their like they do Disney worlds and celebration. stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, and they do Star Wars celebrations for it for the past yep. few years and stuff, which is great because it's always fun when the fans feel listened to, especially yes. in that kind of context. Like because like they they've created this thing, which of course makes total sense. It's just a a pun on the fact that it's May the Fourth, May the May yeah, the Fourth. Exactly. It's fun, but you know, it it's always fun that that can sort of be translated into something that you know is is looked at later. No, so I agree. It's it's always fun so yeah and now mm-hmm. the what, controversial what wanna... bits <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i guess that's what we're going to talk about because we were talking about our opinions just before we started recording mm-hmm. and obviously i'm quite a bit younger than you quite i, I don't know if i like that phrasing but yes you are younger than me <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fact that we were both growing up in different trilogies Yes, but the controversial bit is that you don't acknowledge the one that I grew up with. <laughs> no, I don't like. <laughs> so, you don't um, acknowledge it. I so. I don't know. I mean, honestly, obviously, logically, I am aware that the prequel movies exist. I know that they've they were made. I just in my head don't Choose fully to forget them. <laughs> yes, I don't fully consider them part of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I one of the things we were talking about beforehand was that you felt like the plot from the first movie, which is the one I hate the least, wasn't that strong, which I don't disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of factors for you on why I like it better, though. Oh, no, I'm, I'm ready to get into this. Um, okay, so one is yes. that I'm not a fan of Hayden Christensen in the later two movies. Okay, uh, this comes up quite a bit. Yes, so and, now, and we can we, we can tackle this first because it's yes. a fair it's a fair criticism. Uh, yes. Hayden Christensen isn't the most amazing actor during uh, no. during episodes two and three. No. And but I would also oh carry I, on. I was gonna say I just I just want to clarify for anyone listening that loves Hayden Christensen, I don't dislike him as an actor. I've seen him in other things and thought he did yeah, amazing. This is, this it, is what I was just about to say. I've, there's always been a lot of talk about the fact that uh, Lucas has very much of a uh, way of his talking to his actors about making them do what he wants. 
there are some actors like the late and great Alan Guinness who basically told him to get stuffed mm-hmm. and did it how they wanted and it helped the story same sort of thing with uh, Harrison Ford mm-hmm. and like even like going as far that kind of things like with Samuel L. Jackson within the prequel trilogy a lot of people uh, well this was sort of Hayden Christensen's first major role and just kind of went along with what the director was saying and you can't blame him for that but right. it's definitely not amazing dialogue it definitely could have mm-hmm. been delivered differently but this is also why I really like uh, or not really like I like a lot of elements of the third film because I feel like his acting is a lot better during those scenes. He feels more like a proper character, especially more more than in two. Two had major issues with that, uh, especially when he was talking about sand. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that fr- that awful scene! I hate sand. I but I like, like you because you're soft. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, it kills me. See, stuff like that is why I don't like. <laughs> no, I, I totally the, get that. The prequel series. Now, mm-hmm. my other reason for liking the first movie more so than the later two yes. in it are because mm-hmm. in the first movie, Padme, the female lead, is a really strong character. She's not oh, yeah. backing down. She's fighting for what she wants. She's standing up to people, kicking butt and taking names. And in the later two, she's so focused on being in love that she, like, crumbles to a certain point. Uh, she, okay, yeah, th- this I is a bit... really argue. Yeah, this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but yes. I told my friends at least once or twice a couple different people that for me it was like from the first movie to the second movie we went from like angry young kid who's showing signs of a dark soul and a really strong female lead and then in the later two movies we got emo anakin and push over padme like there's just (laughs) there was nothing (laughs) Uh, well i can definitely See you, see see your arguments there. I will also because I feel like it needs to be mentioned that in episode two, uh, during the pit, that Padme did at least, uh, you yes. know, act and fight. That that at least was there. I yes. I understand your points, but I do have to acknowledge that that was pretty cool, and they yeah. did and they did actually help in that in that area. Yeah, I'm I'm not but, saying they didn't have her do anything. That no, was but, strong. It just by comparison to the first movie. No, I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. There's definitely more of that standing up and fighting for mm-hmm. her her planet, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, be, uh, before it, you know, sort of dissolved a little bit. I can definitely get behind <laughs> that. One. Um, okay, so you've talked about the two sort of reasons as to to, to why uh, you have more or less issues with the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, I just feel like the first one's story can definitely drag. It goes to some yeah. places that it doesn't really need to go, especially into politics, because while we all kind of know about politics, do we really need politics in our Star Wars films? Uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah, well, but, and I, I don't disagree with you. I understand yes. why they threw it in, so that we could kind yes. of see how the Empire could even come to exist oh, in the first yeah. place. But I do but I think like they it, could have made it I feel like it took two more. Like shorter. It was, it, yeah. yeah. Like, it's good to, to get like that sense of like the Chancellor, but we didn't need to talk about blockades and about mm-hmm. treaties and all that sort of stuff. 
Yeah. No. I mean, or, or at no. least make it faster. Have it, be, yeah. have it be like a quick discussion and then move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely kind of... Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because actually, uh, when we're talking about this, while we're talking about uh, the problems we have with the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. there's a great series uh, of videos. Uh, uh, it's a series of three, um, and it's by a creator called Belated Media. Okay. And that cover all three of the prequel films uh, and cover how they would make them better in their own head, uh, in their own sort of mind. Mm-hmm. Which, again, cuts down on these kind of things. Uh, within the first film, it doesn't change too much. There's just less of the, the politics. deals. Yeah, yeah uh, and that kind of thing. There's more talk on Tatooine. There's more there's more interaction there which was a good part of the movie at least mm-hmm. I thought and then as it goes into the, the, the next two films it obviously branches off wildly because it sets up a whole different story to follow mm-hmm. uh, it's on a channel called Belated Media they are mm, maybe 15 minutes each okay uh, so it's it's like between I think it's between like 35 and 45 minutes to watch all three of them and honestly the, the story that's crafted there is really fun just to think about uh, <laughs> even even if, you know, as Heather, <laughs> Heather sort of this, she doesn't like to think about them too much. No. But so yeah, uh, just while we're talking about it, I thought it'd mention, uh, be fun to mention it because it's something that I found. They've been on. They've been circling around for a couple of years now, and they've got some traction. Like uh, they became fairly sort of, uh, not super viral, but you know when viral didn't mean twenty seven thousand million views. Uh, <laughs> but they they've definitely got some sort of traction in that kind of thing and the story is pretty good and the pacing is improved. Obviously it's it's difficult to gauge sometimes just because it's they're not doing a full play by play of everything. And right. you can't obviously watch it. But it, it it's it's just fun for me. Okay. Um, That's good to know. Okay. I'd never yeah. heard of that, but that sounds like a cool idea. I, I can think yes. of a few things I would change. The conversation yeah. about sand getting kicked out would be oh, pretty yeah, much that, at the top gone. of the list. Midichlorians are gone too. Uh, the midichlorians I don't mind, because as a science person, mm, I like okay. that there's an explanation for it. Like, because uh, I, I, it didn't I necessarily that. need to be done the way they did it. No. That's, That's what I would, that I would be okay with them changing how they... they yeah made it happen but yeah the idea that there is something that exists within certain people that allows them to manipulate the force more like from a science standpoint that some people are more prone to it or whatever that i liked but yeah i i agree that i wasn't a huge fan of how they did it (laughs) that's fair that's fair um the only other thing that i guess we should probably talk about just to be fair and unbiased to as much of a degree as we can Mm -hmm. is maybe talking about what's actually good about the prequels and at least for me uh, okay. <laughs> it, the best thing about the prequels is Ewan McGregor as, as Obi-Wan Kenobi oh hands down yes I love like everyone, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi yes. <laughs> everyone kind of agrees to that and uh, again uh, with these belated media videos they make the whole story about Obi-Wan obviously like the original trilogy is about Luke mm-hmm. the, the prequels are about Obi-Wan and the overarching story is about Darth Vader it's kind of how they break it down, which oh. is why it works so well, because they just basically, like, mm-hmm. hey, this character was really good. Make the thing about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But they've just been consistently good throughout all of the films, even even when they didn't have the best to be bouncing off. Yeah. It was just always good. No, I agree. Uh, the second best bit is probably Ian McDermott, who is of uh, the, the Emperor, 
again, there's that sort of slow burn stuff, which is really interesting to see mm-hmm. from that sort of perspective. It's like, we know who this is. We know where, yes. where this is going. It's definitely interesting to see. But, uh, it, yeah. So, and then, obviously, that ramps up as the, the three films go on. Yeah. No, I agree that that's a good aspect of it. it. Like, both of those two characters I loved throughout all of them. Because even though you hate the Emperor because he's the bad guy... Yeah. Um, but you kind of love to hate he, him. Yeah, he did an amazing job, though, of, like, going from you almost don't suspect anything yeah. to, like, watching it develop. And those of us that know what happens are like, oh, no, oh, no, don't yes. do it, don't do it, because you know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, um, he did a really good definitely. job of that. I agree. Yeah. Which is also another reason why I'm very, quite fond of, the, of Revenge of the Sith. While I don't think it's perfect by any sort of stretch of the imagination, it does a fairly good job of linking three and four, like uh, mm. in a sort of cohesive way. The issue that I take with it is it doesn't link to two and one amazingly. It doesn't mm. make the story feel as planned. I I guess is the word I'm looking for, like as structured, like as it doesn't follow that kind of progression mm-hmm. as well. I. Mm. Uh, to me, it almost felt like uh, it kind of reminded me of like how some book series they'll they spend so much time in the beginning setting everything up, and they're yeah. they're trying to keep it to a trilogy. So then, when they're mm-hmm. doing the last book, they cram so much in that you can't keep track yeah. of what's happening. And I feel like it was the same thing a little bit with the prequel movies, where like the yeah. first movie had so much setup, including all the politics stuff. And then the second movie was um, kind of in between, and then the third one, yeah. they crammed everything in because he didn't want to make a fourth and break the trilogy thing. Well, yeah, because he kind of written himself into a corner by calling that one episode four. It's like, I can't do episode three and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm stuck with this now. That um, is true. Yeah, like, the, there was no breathing room at all with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, well, and they, like they... Some of the payoffs... Sorry, no, carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, they could have probably adjusted it if they had picked different ending beats mm. for the first two. They could have made it work yes. a little better, but because of the but, ending beats they chose, they were stuck with it. That's exactly what I was about to say, because like they could have easily brought some of the important elements from three into two, mm-hmm. making that movie more enjoyable and more, like, because like, two, the problem I have with two is it feels like nothing happens. Yeah. Yes, there's a clone army at the end of it. And that's no, you know what happens? A whole lot of Anakin and Padme staring at each other longingly <laughs> for for unnecessary <laughs> amounts of time. That's uh, what happens. You know, <laughs> you know, I can't argue with you. Uh, I can't argue with you. You're not wrong. Yeah. But like, apart from that, it feels like it's a very nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of intrigue and like setup stuff that happens as opposed to actual things happening but the problem is is we've just come off another movie which is entirely mm-hmm. set up so yeah. we've now had two setups and the payoff which is supposed to be three some of it works some of it's really good but some of it doesn't feel great some of it feels a bit clunky some of it again feels rushed because it doesn't feel like it should make sense mm-hmm. uh, which is why i enjoy the clone wars quite a lot because it helps expand on that kind of thing because like, obviously um, it takes place in between two and three. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the Clone Wars. I've seen bits and pieces, mm-hmm. and I do enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the bits and pieces I've seen, and I agree with you that it helps flesh things out um, where it 
needed to be. Yeah, because obviously there's apparently uh, like about five or six years in between two and three, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily do a good job of conveying that. Right. Uh, like we jump straight into the action, it could just be the next day from what we kind of see. Yes, they're, they're fighting, but we already knew at the end of the, of the at the end of Attack of the Clones that there's a war now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't like. Apart from just the fact is that they're going out and doing missions, it doesn't necessarily feel like any time has passed. But the Clone Wars, at least, helps kind of bridge that gap, at least for me, anyway. But, no, I could see so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we should probably do our quick mid-roll. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, our sponsors are, as every week, uh, the sponsors of the Nerdsmith Network. We have both World Anvil and Die Hard Dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard Dice uh, produce lovely dice. Uh, <laughs> they, yep, they're really uh, pretty. <laughs> they, they are very pretty. They sell dice sets by character. They or sell most poly sort of sets that you can get from mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. They also have their own independent line with their own Moonstone dice, and I believe they've now got a, a couple of others. They've also now announced a scroll of rolling, which is essentially oh, just yes. a, a zip up dice sort of bag which rolls up and you can carry it around and it also mm-hmm. uses uh, acts as a dice tray because you can unroll it which yeah. is really cool it's really cool uh, looking you should check it out on their website um, uh, absolutely they actually also just announced ironic oh. perfect for this episode um, that they've got a new set of dice available at least for now I don't know how long they're going to keep it around called the rebel set oh very nice and it's a set of seven metal dice and each one mm-hmm. is a different color so that it's an all mix and match of different metal dice, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's basically a mystery box. You don't know which ones you're gonna get, oh, but it's a little bit okay. less expensive than their normal metal sets, yeah, and it's a rebel can... set for uh, really cool. Star Wars. Yeah, well, yeah, that's really cool because that also helps going to the next point. Is all of their metal dice are hand cast, like uh, they they, or, they well, well they, they designed them. Yeah, they're hand designed. Sorry. Uh, but they designed uh, the the mold and the casting, mm-hmm. and they designed that the colors like you, with their Spellwinder series. They've got uh, dual colors, mm-hmm. which look gorgeous as well. Uh, they've got like, one that's sort of fire, uh, like red and yellow, which mixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fact is, is the dice are beautiful? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we use them on countless heroes, which we both play on, which is yes. great. And yeah, just feel free to check them out at dieharddice.com. Yeah. And if you go and use the coupon code GeekThyself at checkout, oh, yes. um, if it's the first time you're using the code, you'll get 15, 1-5% off your purchase. So it's the mm-hmm. first time you use the code, and actually all of the shows here on the network, ha- well, I think all of the shows, the majority of the shows at least, have mm-hmm. a discount code as well for the same 15% off. So if you listen to yes. the other shows... You, you might be able, yeah. You might be able to catch their codes and uh, also get a discount on some more dice. And for example, um, we have W A N D Radio at the Nerdsmith Network, and you can listen to three of the directors, Logan, Tessa, and Kyle, play as their characters at a radio station in Sigal, a magic at a magic university. Mm-hmm. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, they try and stay in character as much as they can but it's always amazing <laughs> when they break character yes uh, and they're like bite-sized shows like half an hour just like geek mm-hmm. Lake's health 
and you will not stop laughing because I know that because I never stop laughing. <laughs> like I tried, I tried to listen to them on the bus, and that's a problem because then I'm just <laughs> sitting in my chair, cackling to myself, and trying not to look like a madman. It's amazing. <laughs> Definitely check it out. W A N D Radio. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic mental image. That's perfect. Um. <laughs> uh, finally, we've got World Anvil. Yes, and which World. It- <clears throat> Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that World Anvil is a very robust uh, campaign management tool for D&D, or just a story world building place to manage. So if you're, like, Logan uses it to uh, for the campaign in Sinderhaven mm-hmm. and the World of Vale, if you're a writer, you can use it to connect your story, you can mm-hmm. upload maps and sort of... Uh, graphics and stuff you can connect characters and places and give them sort of rankings on how well they know each other as their enemies allies yep it's so robust that we couldn't go over every feature that's in it it just wouldn't be possible no that's true it would be an entire actually that would be a good geek thyself episode it would be an entire episode all on its own we could we could we could definitely do that we should definitely do that Mm -hmm. so yeah but they've got so many features there's new features every uh, as often as they can be there's updates mm-hmm. almost daily if, if not at least weekly yeah uh, I mean, and... they're constantly updating and improving things and mm-hmm. all of the base features so everything you need to just get started and start creating your world yeah it's free totally free there, there are additional uh, so, uh, uh, options and mm-hmm. stuff if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of it and we uh, we highly recommend that you go and check it out because it might be the yes. perfect thing for you to manage everything because we've all been there where we're making things like even when I'm just making a character just trying to piece everything together is <laughs> sometimes really stressful because it's just like how does this bit connect with all this sort of place uh, with all these bits and they have like really great leading questions on this kind yes. of thing like for, especially for character creation like how were they like not just like where were they born but like under what circumstances were they born and just mm-hmm. the, the things that really help you in, like in regards to creating a character like no, just that's very true uh, as you go ahead yeah, yeah. Die, uh, die Hard Dice, yes. Also, Old Anvil, check them out. Yes, they're both amazing, and you can find them online at dieharddice.com and at worldanvil.com. So we definitely recommend you check those out, and let's get back into Star Wars. Okay, okay. so in all fairness to yes. the movies you grew up with... <laughs> we c- Literally, um... the first movie came out when I was four. <laughs> oh, Not to make wow. you feel old. Yeah, but... <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, we, to be fair, we can talk about the original movies, the first three, so four, yes. five, and six, the trilogy okay. I grew up with, because I was yes. born in 85, and uh, they came out in 77, so, yes. well, the first one. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, those were definitely so, the ones I grew up with. Okay. I feel like a really good question to ask for this, because obviously we know your opinion on the, the prequels, mm-hmm. and very, very, even very few people have a favorite like their mm-hmm. ultimate favorite from the prequels even I, I i don't even though i grew up with them i obviously saw the originals mm-hmm. what one is your favorite of the um, first um, of the yeah. of four five six yeah Ooh, that is a really good question mm-hmm. um so. okay so for me it's a t- i think it's a little bit of a tie between four and six Okay, that's really interesting. I I liked five, but um, I liked 
there's a couple of things I liked about both sets. So obviously the first movie, number four, there's all the yes. setup, which is important, but they did mm -hmm. a better Absolutely. job of getting through the setup quickly. Yeah, they they, they did it in a way where you find out about the world and all of the setup is done with Luke. So like yes. as Luke is finding out about these things, so do you. So, <laughs> so it was more organic. It wasn't having to, you know, cram it all in and do a bunch of filler stuff that wasn't unnecessary, Definitely. which mm -hmm. helped. Um, and some of it, you know, Luke knows about and Ben know about, but then Han finds out about it. So like they, they, they made it so that you learn things with the characters to make it less, um, shoehorned in. Yeah. Make it less like, it feels like you're just being told because you need to be told. Like yes. the, the fact is, is we're following a character who knows nothing about this. And exactly. for, for it being the first film, it's great for having that excuse to tell them, but it mm -hmm. doesn't make it drag. It makes it interesting, intriguing. Right. And you're always learning throughout the throughout all three of those films. You learn things yeah. uh, throughout them all. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree yeah. With that. That's one of the things I liked about that one. And then the reason I liked the si episode six. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple yes. of them. Um, honestly, of the two, number one is probably more so my favorite. But there's things I like about number six. Like I know a lot of people don't like them. I like the Ewoks. I think the Ewoks are really freaking <laughs> cute, and I love the idea that. You didn't. They didn't have to be high tech to defeat the stormtroopers. I realize that yes. logically, it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense that a bunch of sticks and rocks beat the stormtroopers, but they're the bad guys, so I don't care. And, no, fair, fair. <laughs> and um, on top of that, I I like that all of the like long drug out back and forth between Han and Leia is finally resolved. Yep, fair. That's fair. Um, and I like. That at the end you get spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen episode six by now. Mm, um, yeah, <laughs> I love that at the end of episode six, um, Vader switches back. Like he, his love yes. for his son was stronger than his attraction to the dark side, and he's able to pull it back and mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, completely change because it's just one act. But he's able to do enough and still feel yes. enough for his family that he's able to save Luke and then be with, you know, the spirits of Yoda and Ben Kenobi yes. at the end. Well, I mean, from going back into the prequels very briefly, that's the main reason that Anakin was even alert to the dark side at all was because he just wanted to save his wife. So mm -hmm. to have that familial connection to, to, with what brought him back out of that area... Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. That's, uh, yeah, it, it's very good storytelling. This obviously plan and payoff, which is weird because the payoff happened before the plan, because of time. But it's yeah. fine. Yeah. So for so for me, it's between the two. Probably the the first one, episode four, is probably more so my favorite. But I do like six, five. I like five, but there's just so much going on. And everyone is all split up. I think that's another thing, too. I like it when the groups of people are fighting together. Because for me, with my, like, D&D &D player brain it's and everything, party. I'm like, the team is together. That's important. Don't split the party. <laughs> so in episode five, when everyone's going in different directions, I'm like, they what are you doing? No. Don't they do it. The party and it all goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, definitely, I definitely get behind that. See, um, I just thought it would be interesting to ask you because from most people, sort of when I ask is that everyone's favorite, it's Empire Strikes Back. 
is the answer that, that I normally get. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course makes me feel uh, bad about my decision in that six is my favorite so it's very <laughs> interesting to hear you to, to hear you talk about six um i can't really pinpoint why i like it so much obviously it's the end of the story arc mm-hmm. it's always fun to, uh just to see how luke dealt with being sort of tempted to the dark side of uh, like mm-hmm. losing it for just that split second um uh, all of that sort of ending stuff. I like the Ewoks too. They're adorable. <laughs> I do I, too. I can't help that. Yeah. Have, have you just, seen oh. the the movies that are about the Ewoks that he did later? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. I'm gonna have to look it up for you. There's a series. Oh, wow. This is not Star Wars related, except because of the Ewoks. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But there's a series of I think it's two movies that he oh, did yeah. after, mm. where it's focused on the Ewok world, and like mm. a family crash lands there. And there's, um, um, like, Widget. Was it Widget? Wicket. Oh, Wicket. Thank you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Wicket no, um, was, uh, was there, and he befriends a little girl and all this kind of stuff. And you get to see, like, the Ewoks with the family helping each other and all this kind of stuff. It's really ridiculously cute. That sounds like something that I would need to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, I um, can't really sort of, sort of like pinpoint like one thing that makes six my favorite, but it just always has been. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good at ending that story, and at the time, it was the end. Like yeah. obviously, I, I didn't grow up with it, but like uh, those were the sort of first things that I was really shown. Um, I can't remember seeing episode one or two in the cinema because I was too young for that. Mm-hmm. I do remember seeing episode three. Uh, that oh, was yeah, that one. the first one came out yeah. far enough out that you were probably old enough to go and have it stick <laughs> yeah yeah cognitive enough that i can uh-huh. remember it so yeah no um six is just always been my favorite and mm-hmm. not even any of the other two which are currently released or uh any of the sort of uh, spin-offs have really overtaken it for me just yet uh, we'll see yeah. what the rise of skywalker does later this year i guess yeah, I'm curious to see and find out. Um, I, I do, um, along with what you were saying, for episode six, I feel like one of the things I like about it so much, too, is that everyone finally got their happy ending. Yes. Or at least true. what was portrayed as a happy ending. Yes. Obviously, more stuff happens, but um, mm-hmm. I, I liked that these characters who'd been fighting for so long and struggling for so long finally got her, their reward. That's fair. I can definitely get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about uh, obviously what we're just talking about the the current trilogy that's happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Rise of Skywalker trailer came out uh, about a week ago now. I think a week week and a half. It's been out for a little bit. Uh, and during that trailer, right at the end, you hear a very familiar laugh cackle. Uh, uh, have you seen the trailer? I have. Um... I watched it once. I haven't. I haven't gone back and watched it again, so I don't remember everything that happens in it. But yeah, I um. Yeah, I agree with you. I have some concerns about what it's going to mean. Yes, uh, because everyone who is a fan of the films obviously knows that that st- uh, signature laugh comes from the Emperor Palpatine, who has mm-hmm. not been seen in a film since the end of Return of the Jedi for a fairly for a fairly good reason in the fact that he was thrown thrown down again spoilers he was thrown down uh, <laughs> a shaft of of like you're just thrown down off a off a off, off a walkway into the mm-hmm. middle of the Death Star which then blew up yes. so I'm very curious as to what they're planning on doing 
with the Emperor, or if it's just a total fake out, and there's that, that they've got nothing planned. Because w- would they do it? Maybe, but yeah. what, what, what are you thinking about it? Um, I'm on the fence because the thing is, mm-hmm. even though we see the Emperor thrown over into the pit, yes, in Episode Six, mm-hmm. we never actually see him die. Yeah. So, uh, like, is it possible that some stormtroopers found him somehow and got him to an escape pod? Maybe. Um, is it possible that, he, like, kind of like what Leia did? Okay, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the new movies. Uh, is it possible that it's kind of like what Leia did when the ship uh, exploded and she, like, mm-hmm. used the force to protect herself and get back in the ship? Yes. Maybe. Maybe he, I mean, he was very strong with the force, oh, yeah. so maybe Absolutely. something like that's possible also. Yeah. There's a lot of what-ifs in this situation. Yeah. The only issue I have with that theory, and it's not a bad theory, is where has he been? I agree. I agree. Because, like, has he just been underground for that long? And why? Yeah. Like, Well, and again, when... Yeah, no, I agree with you. That that would be a weirdness. One thing that occurred to me is, um, you know how a lot of leaders don't want to be seen as weak? Yeah. So if he was severely damaged by everything that happened, mm. keeping himself secluded and separate and just running things in the background with only a few people yeah. knowing. So, like, he still has the power, but he's not the figurehead. I guess maybe he could have been connected to Snoke. Maybe we'll find that out. So yeah, because that's true. Because yeah. um, we don't know who was Snoke's teacher. Snoke. No, we do not. That's very fair. Like I said, I'm I'm optimistically no, uh, yeah, like uh, trepidatiously excited. I think is the is, mm-hmm. is the word I'm going to use. I'm excited to see where they go with it. I have a question for you. Okay, and this yes. is another, it's semi-controversial. I don't All really right. care what your answer is going to be. <laughs> okay. Where do you fall on the whole Raylo thing? Oh, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious because it's such a big ship. There are so uh, many people that ship them. Yes, there, there are. Um, I'm not really much of a shipping kind of person. I don't know why mm-hmm. I air quoted when this is audio, <laughs> but I did air quote and I'm leaving it in. I did air quote the word shipping. Uh, shipping has never really been something I've been super into. Like there, there have been ships that I've, you know, like like Ang mm-hmm. and Katara for for instance. I really enjoy them as a dynamic. Yes. Uh, so th- th- there are ships that I enjoy. Uh, with Rayla, I think there's reason for people to like it. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it was nice to see them teaming up together at the end of the Last Jedi. Yeah. Or is it? If Ben Solo gets a redemption, maybe I could see it. But I also don't think Ben Solo is going to get a redemption. Uh, I think he might die in this film. That's that's what I'm thinking. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's my opinion. There's I also so have many to things say, that could happen. We don't know. I also have to say, if we're talking about ships from the new trilogy, uh, Finn and Poe is my yes. favorite. <laughs> yes, I love that ship. It makes me so happy. It's Although, a very good ship. Having met Rose... Mm. I really like her. So I really yes. like the idea of her and Finn also. Yes. Uh, or you I know what? It's it's the future. Polyamory is a thing. All three <laughs> of them. You know what? Fair. Fair All enough. three of them could be together and they would have a 
adorable, adorable half Asian, half African American babies and half Asian, half whatever Poe is supposed to be babies. <laughs> uh, half Poe Dameron babies. Obviously. There we go. <laughs> okay, so you asked me, what's your opinion on Raylo then? So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, mm-hmm. it, Despite the fact that Tessa and I do the shipping thing on Countless Chronicles, I did the air quotes too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really a huge shipper type of person. I'm one of those people where if I'm watching a show and there's a couple of characters that I think would be cute together, does it occur to me? Yeah, totally occurs to me. And if someone else asked me, I would say, oh yeah, I think they'd be cute together. Or yeah, that I could totally see them getting together. But I'm not one of those people that's like going to go seek out fan fiction. Mm, or, okay. And I can't draw, so I'm not going to make fan art because it'd be stick figures <laughs> staring at each other awkwardly. <laughs> you know, so like... Hey, so hey, hey yeah. Christensen. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I do think it would be cool, I agree, if he gets a redemption to have it happen. Yes. Um, but like I said, my opinion is that he won't get a redemption yeah. and he could I'm, die. I'm on the fence. So I've heard three different possible scenarios, all of which I could see happening, so I don't know which one it's going to be. Yes. One is that he, um, like, there's another bigger bad who gets revealed, yeah. mm-hmm. and he has a redemption moment like Anakin. So, like, literally copies his, like, idol and has a redemption sure. moment mm-hmm. and turns to the to the light for a while. Cool. Right. Whether it, whether he ends up dying from it or not, you know, don't know. But he does get some kind of redemption moment. And then there's a bigger bad that he and Ray fight together. Another version, a uh, potential theory I've heard is that they switch. That ah, he, that yes, he, I, I he goes back to the light and she flips and, to the dark side. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that theory. I don't, I don't care for it. Like, I don't like mm. the idea that that happens. But at yeah. the same time given her history of like being abandoned by herself oh, yeah. for her and most of her life on a planet somewhere mm-hmm. i also could see it potentially happening because there's got to mm. be some dark sadness deep down for someone who had that happen oh yeah definitely i could definitely see it happening i just don't know whether i'm keen on the idea <laughs> i agree which is one of the reasons why i don't think they're going to do that because i think too mm-hmm. many of the fans would be upset um maybe i mean they might decide to do it anyway you never know and then the third one I've heard is basically like what you said. Like, there's no redemption and he dies or is somehow defeated, but probably dies because otherwise he'd be coming back again. Well, uh, either way, like, uh, I feel like there is going to be a redemption. I just don't feel like he's going to live through it, is my opinion. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, I feel like they're, they're going to be similar to, to Darth Vader in that. Uh, I feel like they, to kill the character off entirely without there even being a smidgen of a redemption, I don't feel like it's something that they do. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just going to be the big bad evil person who's yeah. doing the evil things. And yeah. we'll just have to wait until December to find out. Yeah, It's hard to say, too, since, uh, yes. you know, like family, his dad being there clearly didn't stop him from doing an evil thing. You know, spoiler, he killed Han Solo. He, he killed his father. Um, but then at the same time, you do see him somewhat hesitate when he finds out that his mother's on the ship. Yes, which is interesting, to say yes. the least. 
Well, and it makes you wonder, because they haven't gone into all the details, so we don't know exactly what happened that sent Ben away in the first place. I mean, we've got bits and pieces, so it sounds like probably what happened is he was so strong with the Force that they couldn't really contain it or couldn't teach him, or they decided to send him to be taught because they thought he would make a good Jedi with Luke and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, something. But... I can, I can get behind that. That makes sense. Yeah, we still don't know all the details on it, but... No, we do not. And we're not going to until, like I said, December something. They always come out in December. <sighs> I know. I want it to come out now, because I want to know, but... Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> either way, thank you for listening to us ramble about Star Wars for 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then... Don't forget to geek thyself. <laughs>